0: Hello and welcome to Fandom Friday, a podcast focused on various fandoms brought to you by Foundation, the Geek's Gravaganza, the Ocean County Library's annual All Ages Fandom Library Con. On today's episode, we will be diving into the upside down by discussing Stranger Things. My name is Cecilia, and I'm a Teen Services Librarian at the Ocean County Library. My name is Amy and I'm a Children's Services
1: Librarian at the Ocean County Library.
2: I'm Kristen and I'm a Teen Services Librarian
1: at the Ocean County Library. I'm Lindsay, and I am also a Teen Services Librarian at the Ocean County Library. And my name is Laura. I'm an Adult
0: Services Librarian at the Ocean County Library, but formerly teens. So we have some questions we'll be discussing about Stranger Things, so I thought a proper way was what is everybody's first thoughts on the series premiered in 2016 I believe. um, Which was six years ago, (laughs) at the time of the recording of this podcast so. What were everyone's first thoughts when they first watched the series? It didn't have to be when it first aired, whenever you you first caught it.
3: Honestly, I remember the opening credits blew me away. I remember watching the first part, you know, and it's when they're at Hawkins Lab and you have like no clue what's going on. And then it goes right into the opening credits, the theme song and just, you know, that super 80s horror font and just, oh my God, I wish I could go back and have that feeling again. It just took me to another
1: place and I loved it. And I still love it. I see a meme all the time. I don't know the exact wording, but it's like, if you skip the credits on stranger things, like there's something wrong with you. Yeah. I was (laughs) just going to say that, (laughs) but I definitely skip at this point. Do you? Oh my gosh. I have to listen to it every time.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I skipped most of them this season, but like, it felt weird doing that.
0: (laughs) Well, this
1: season, season four was intense. So you were like, let's get to everything. Well, the first run through of season four, I didn't skip, but like when I'm rewatching, I skip because. I remember that
2: first season. I don't know. Now that you said it's six years ago, now I don't feel, I, I feel like my life has changed a lot since I was watching the entire season in one day. I feel like the first like two seasons, maybe the third season, no, first two seasons were like one day, repeat, just stop for bathroom breaks and food. And then it got longer. Like I could not do that this season, but I remember feeling like a lot of energy around the first one. Like I need to know what's happening in this next episode because the rest of my life is not as important as what's about to happen. <laughs>
1: I don't even remember how I started watching it, like why I did, or if I was with anyone. I have no clue. All I remember is I remember the opening credits gave me the chills. And then I don't know what episode it was, but the scene where Joyce and Jonathan are united after like time away. And I think it's Peter Gabriel, it's Heroes, is playing. Mm -hmm. And I remember that scene and I was like, oh my God. show is so good. Oh my God. And I think that that point I was like, what is going to happen? And I was super hooked. And I was like, I can't wait to see everything. And from then on, I was like, do I like (laughs) (laughs) sci-fi? I agree with you, Lindsay, because
3: like typical sci-fi is not my thing. You know, I loved like E.T. when I was little and like this totally reminds me of E.T. And I think it's just the nostalgic feeling that is just what, I love about it and I'm telling you that font that Stranger Things font that drew me in because that's what got me to watch the show because I hadn't heard anything about it and I guess you know like when you're on Netflix and you see the little like logo of the tv show I'm like that looks totally 80s and totally scary and that's what I want in my life right now.
2: The soundtrack was pure nostalgia and lots of energy but also the clothes the tube socks I don't know. I just remember this as, you know, growing up in the eighties, like this was the cool stuff that people wore that short basketball shorts that like have gone longer and then got shorter again. Now mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, the eighties. I remember it was so boldly colored. I am more like a sci-fi person to start out with. I'm more like robots and malfunctioning artificial intelligence and less dragons and evil things. All of the different pieces like came together to make it so that this was something that was different. Like I, I felt like it tapped into all of those cult classics like Goonies and Stand By Me, all of the things about coming of age shows and movies that were important when I was younger. And then seeing it now was in a different context was really cool.
3: Yeah, exactly. And not even just sci-fi, it brings in the horror element. Like there's Mm -hmm. so many of those seventies, eighties horror movie feelings that are in there, like Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween. I mean, heck we have Michael Myers in it now, you know, (laughs) like, so, and like you said, it's just the nostalgia. And like, when I hear the Duffer brothers talk about all the different things that inspired them and elements they took, it's literally everything, everything from the seventies and
1: eighties that, you know, we grew up with and It's just, it's amazing. Yeah, I love the nods to all the different films. It's so cute. And I really need there to be another nod to the never-ending story (laughs) for Elle, for Jane. (laughs) Because I need her to come back and throw her powers in the face of all those kids at her school. Because it just needs to happen. Like, I need a Falcor to enter the mix somehow. And... (laughs) (laughs) We need giant Sphinx with laser beams coming out of their (laughs) eyes or something. It's possible. I need her to like, come back and be like, take that. Like I have power. But yeah, I hope there's something like that again.
3: Well, I think this is a great segue into our next question. So what are some of our favorite moments and characters? Um, I'll go first. My all-time favorite moment is in the first episode when Dustin goes and asks Nancy if she wants the last piece of pizza and he does the first smile with his teeth or no teeth oh my gosh it gets me every time I love that one so much which also coincides of the original characters Dustin is my favorite overall let's be real Eddie Munson but I feel like we'll get into him a little later that was my standout favorite moment So
0: I kind of was talking about, I like different characters each season. I really like Joyce in the first season. Going back first thoughts and stuff, I saw like a trailer on, I think it was Facebook or something. And what hooked me in wasn't the sci-fi element. It was the fact of that scene between her and Hopper at the police station Where something happens where she's like, well, what if something else happened to him? What if someone didn't take him? Was something supernatural or whatever happened to him? So it was like the missing boy element that kind of drew me in. What happened to him? And I always am very intrigued by Will and what he's doing each and every season, because he's the one that kind of started this whole thing. So, like, I kind of have, like, a different favorite each season. Steve really shown in season three in, like, the Russian prison scene. That whole dynamic with him and Robin and Erica and Dustin, that was just perfect pairing. And I really like, in the first season, any scene with Joyce just being semi like anxious and insane about that's not my son in there when they find Will's body in quotes and her just being bound and determined to figure all this stuff out.
1: The first season is just such gold. So I feel like hard. we could talk just about the f- each season on its own and I definitely agree Laura like Dustin at the door at Nancy's bedroom door with the pizza <laughs> It's so cute (laughs) and it makes you love him like immediately, but he's just so smart. How can you not love him throughout the whole show? He's definitely one of my top characters. One character, everyone gets mad at me for saying this. One character I don't care about (laughs) is 11. (laughs) Lindsay, Lindsay,
3: I can't agree with you more. She's one of my (laughs) bottom. She's on the, one of the bottom
1: of my list. Okay, cool. I mean, I think she's important to the story, obviously, Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's she's a bad character. I just don't care. (laughs) I just want to like, I want to see her in action. And like the end of season four with her and one Vecna, Henry, amazing, like so cool. But throughout the series, I don't, she's not my number one. But I love Murray. I don't think he gets enough credit. Oh, Murray. (laughs) (laughs) Love Dustin. I used to like Lucas a lot. But but I think Dustin might be my top favorite character. I love everybody. Eddie, of course.
2: Some of my favorite scenes are from Scoops Ahoy. Robin and Steve in those outfits is just something about it. was just hilarious. And at the time, Steve was not, at the time that they were working at Scoops Ahoy, Steve was not on my like favorites list, but them together really works well. And one of the most, for me, memorable moment. I guess I like the funny moments um, as opposed to like the scary or fighting things moments. But I, I love Max and 11 at the mall when they go to the mall and then she like screams at Mike. And I was just like, okay, you're coming into your own and you're realizing that you can choose things that are valuable to you and that you can have things that are independent of the rest of these people. And so while Eleven is not necessarily, I'm not getting a poster of Eleven and putting it on my wall, but that particular scene I think was really valuable and like, again, in this coming of age genre of show.
3: Yeah, I think the Eleven and Max Mall scene was also probably one of my top. I don't know that I have like specifically, there's too many to name favorites, but that and like and Robin, like getting to be friends, with Scoops Ahoy stuff was really good.
2: I mean, I like I like a lot of the characters too, but my top two are definitely Steve and Justin. I want to add Robin because, like I said, yeah. you know, <laughs> I just like Robin. I feel like Robin. This season, this was Robin's season. All of her emoting of the things that go through her mind was so real to me. I'm like, oh yeah. You get stuck in your head and you got all this other stuff going on and then you blurt it out and the person is just like looking at you like, that's a lot. Robin shined this season.
1: Yeah. I just, I just watched the episode last night where uh, Nancy and Robin go see Victor Creel. Mm -hmm. And when, Robin just blurts out this fake made up story to get this guy to let them go visit him. She just pulls it out of nowhere. And she's so, she believes herself. It feels like in that moment where she's talking and she's like, I can't even believe I'm wearing these. I feel like she's impulsive. And I think that helps a lot, like in a lot of situations.
0: And I'm glad she did not suffer the fate of introducing a lovable character and then immediately <laughs> killing them off.
1: <laughs> yeah I think people were so disappointed that it wasn't going to be romantic between her and Steve so originally it was supposed to be
0: but I think when they were filming I want to say one of the earlier episodes Maya Hawk was like Robin's gay <laughs> like and kind love of that like
1: I like love that it it yeah I love them as a team so and I they're think like a, a romance yeah. would ruin that
3: Yeah. And they're like BFFs, you know, like they rely on each other about relationships and, and finding, you know, what their faults are, which is really cool. I like that about them that they both point each other's faults out or not the faults but like the things they need to work on they're not afraid to, like to get yeah. the things they want yeah. yeah I like
0: that whole conversation they have if if we take what you have and what I have we'll make an actual human being <laughs> which I feel is so real sometimes when you're talking you, to people like are we gonna see more of Vicky I well she's I she's like an established actress so I'm pretty sure she's I
1: I know but you never gonna come come in (laughs) I hope so I want to see Robin get the girl in the end I think that will be nice Uh, when when she
0: saw her with the boyfriend that like hurt my heart I was like no.
3: Well, that kind of segues into the most changed characters and most character development, which for me, I can honestly say, I think Steve has had the biggest arc Absolutely. of all time throughout. I mean, he goes from being the dumb jock, mean boyfriend, just to the bully Uh, kind of yeah and then babysitter mom character (laughs) to lovable guy everyone loves and just all around great friend like I mean god talk about a 180 or 360 180
0: 360 whatever it is yeah I think that was definitely the fact that Joe Keery has a lot of charm. (laughs) I think he charmed his way into staying on the show with the Duffer brothers because originally he was supposed to die in the first season.
1: Yeah, I read that, that scene in the house at the end of season one was supposed to be Will and uh, Jonathan's dad. Yeah. Wasn't even supposed to be Steve. I can't even imagine it not being Steve. <laughs> right. I'm so glad
0: he's alive. <laughs> yeah, and you get that redemption arc if he changes so much just in the first season.
1: Like mm-hmm. you see like at yeah,
0: the end, you're like, what? Like what? you see him, really? like his mind, like going like, I'm being a jerk right now. Like I should apologize to Jonathan. Like he's trying to apologize to Jonathan while they're like fighting the Demogorgon and they're telling
1: him to leave. He's like, no, I need to apologize. He has the definite like biggest change. I'm trying to think of who else. Like, like, really hands, down, like hands down,
3: like yeah. the biggest change. I can't think of anyone who's had such I, a larger arc. I think Mike has changed for the worse. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. God, we're going to talk about Mike now.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, what I know, like, look, I don't, I don't see a lot of Mike contributing. to Like, I to, agree. like in the beginning season, yeah. he was
0: like all in it. And then all of a sudden he became awkward teen boy. Well, and I love. will say the relationship
3: between him and Elle is so pre-teen early teen Mm. love story but I which is so funny and I think that's why I can't stand them which you know we've all been there we've all done that but I'm finding like like the part with like Elle like lying the whole time that like things were great in California again that's so realistic and I can see why she did it but it just For some reason, it didn't come off as like believable to me. But then again, I keep going back to, well, they're young teenagers in love, you know, and it's like, they're so far apart, you know, you really could, and it's the 80s, you could totally just say, write in a letter, yeah, I'm having a great time. And that's what it is. But I don't know, there's just something, I don't know if their love is, I'm just not believing it, maybe. I I don't know what it is about their relationship, or they're just so laser focused on just each other like I just find that Mike all he cares about is L but then at the same time he doesn't it's just such a weird it's weird and it's not like their acting is not good the pairing is like it's nothing I just I don't know what it is it's just not a compelling storyline to me and which is funny because I love a good like you know teen romance you know like it's just like it brings you back to you know high school and all that But there's just something there. I just find Mike whiny and I don't even know. I don't even know. Does anyone else have thoughts on this?
2: I feel like I forget that they're a couple until they do a scene about them being a couple it doesn't feel it feels like it's forced um it does I maybe in the beginning like when they first were like crushing on each other that felt real but now that they're together it doesn't feel like real and since it doesn't feel real it's not really compelling exactly
1: Um, and I don't see it
3: going anywhere like much like really they should be breaking up now
1: like the end Speaking of the that season, they do. They should yeah. I hope that in early season five that they break up, but not where they're gonna hate each other and because they need to be on the same team. I I agree. Like I don't think their romance does much for the series as a whole. Like, I mean and what's even weirder, the beginning of their love story, like the
3: early crushing, like season one, you can tell like Mike loves this girl it's almost like an instant like connection to the two of them and just you know when they reach that adolescence where it's just like oh you know raging you know emotions and all this stuff it was so sweet at first it was it was it was cute and it was just like wow these two found each other you know yeah so I don't know it'll be interesting to see where that goes
0: because it is such a big part of the story I think because they're in that awkward older teen phase they're still trying to figure out who they are and I don't think they have a grasp on isn't life. it
1: interesting to see their relationship and how I feel like I mean it's deep but I feel like especially now that they're apart they've been apart like comparing it to like Lucas and Max whose mm-hmm. relationship I feel like especially with Matt what Max is going through went through this season is super intense mm-hmm. and now Lucas telling Max like I know you're like something's wrong like You need help i just feel like because they're older this is happening it's more interesting to watch than the puppy love that is now like awkward well and it's funny too how you how you say that because max went through a really
3: you know crazy situation this season both with her emotions you know with her feeling the guilt or you know sadness about billy So she had that trajectory the whole time. And then she had this big physical problem. But in seasons throughout, Elle has always had these big traumatic, using all her powers and going to all these strange places. But I'm not as sympathetic to Elle as I was with Max. And I
1: guess it's because maybe it's just as expected with Elle. Maybe that's me just not paying attention because. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so, I just can't quite put my finger on. I think that Elle Elle plays this this role I feel like is almost too big to be worrying about boys Mm. and she has such a greater job than the rest of them that I don't know like do we really need her to be in a relationship like she's a superhero she doesn't need a boy she doesn't need anyone (laughs) like I feel like let's just focus on that I don't Mike can find something else to do. And I feel like I maybe they're just keeping that for Mike to have something to do. It's like I will say on the flip side, though, her relationship with Hopper
3: is so compelling. The father, you know, the father-daughter relationship.
1: That exploration is great and amazing. I agree. Yeah, so I love we'll Hopper. See. And I love that we've got that build up with him and Joyce for their role. Finally. And then we finally <laughs> got to see it. Cause like now we're talking, you know, these two characters are like the best. We didn't really talk about them yet, but I love Hopper and Joyce. And they're they're both,
3: they're both so broken.
1: Yeah. And they,
2: they're
3: finally like found each other, which was great.
2: And I think Joyce has come more into like herself like Mm -hmm. Hopper has as well, but I feel like even from the beginning Hopper was pretty like self assured and like knew what he was doing and Joyce was like i mean yeah okay so her her son was like missing so that puts an emotional toll on you but i felt like Joyce was just a much quieter and now she's getting louder and she's mm-hmm. like she's like part of it instead of loading along and being i am a character in this and i'm like doing the things to make you know to make things happen mm-hmm. now it's like i am an active agent this is like mm-hmm. For real. Well,
3: think about it, too. You know, her child went missing. They technically had a funeral for him or, you know, thought he was dead. He came back and then in second season, essentially almost had to kill him, you know, when they had to burn up. Then her boyfriend, I forget his name. Bob. um, Bob. Bob. Yeah. How can I forget Bob? You know, they were. They had such a a sweet relationship and he sacrificed himself, which is almost what she had to do for her son, you know, sacrifice the son. And all along, there's always been a romantic tension between Hopper and Joyce, because assuming they went to high school together, I think there's that little backstory. yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you just think about that in real life, I mean, just one of those scenarios is enough to break a person. And like you said, Kristen, like that big, she's just come into her own now. There's really not much else she hasn't experienced, you know? Right. And what a greater person than Winona Ryder to the poster child of the 80s to act that.
0: They definitely bring in people from that era into the show, like to be actors like Sean Ashton, yeah, yeah, Paul Reiser. Yeah. He actually auditioned for Murray and they were like, you're going to be too
2: distracting as Murray. Let's put you as this character. <laughs> But what about Jonathan and Nancy? Okay. Right? Like, okay. <laughs> Like, yeah. What's like, happening what's Jonathan in
1: general?
3: And like, that was another thing. Yeah, like, I mean, I, they should have broke up. They like, every single
2: time they're on or, screen, I'm like, why are you together?
1: Period. Someone who hasn't really changed. Jonathan, He, I feel like he had so much potential. And then I don't, like, he he did, got and I don't know what happened. And now he's super late. <laughs> yeah so yeah. I, season four did nothing like he yeah they really did nothing gave- for him stalled him out he's like have yeah. fun i'm gonna go you know hang out with argyle who i I liked, I think yeah, I, love I, I like,
2: like, too. like, I just I mean, met Argyle and I still feel more of a connection to him as a character than I do to Jonathan who's been there for every <laughs> yeah, single season. Yeah. Yep.
3: But you know what's funny? I do think Jonathan's arc so far is realistic. Like, yeah. you know, looking back on, you know, kids I've known through high school or something like that. It's like, you know, there is a certain age where you hit and you know, you kind of become detached. <laughs> from the life around you you know and he went through some traumatic situations so like I can see where he went but like you said there was zero need for him this season they did nothing with him and it was just weird
1: yeah and I felt like I'm hoping that changes in season five like maybe there was a reason why he really didn't do I mean Mm -hmm. I don't know but it was interesting well
0: him and Nancy kind of went experienced that first trauma together in the woods and she grew from it and he just kind of stayed the same so it's it's very interesting to see how the different characters deal with the trauma around them like yeah
1: and and like staying stuck I mean that's I've definitely done that you don't want to move like you're just frozen so I could see why Jonathan hasn't moved on or made any changes and if you think of it too you know he really didn't have a father figure growing
3: up and he Mm -hmm. was the father figure for will and he's half the reason why will went missing in the beginning (laughs) because remember he ended up going to work so he has all this like guilt you know and like you know i don't think this is explored that often but like those are things we have to remember like oh yeah like he is kind of living a true trajectory of, you know, he, he might be falling into like a, a sadder, sad boy.
0: He <laughs> is a sad boy. Yeah. I, yeah. Will, I will say he does have one of my favorite scenes this season with him and Will talking mm-hmm. right before the, the dough no freezer scene, which was a scene that was added. And I just thought that was, you know, was needed and it was really sweet, especially how Mike treated him after revealing that painting he's been working on the painting yes the painting yes
3: I don't know how I feel about all that like I get it but I just feel like are they just gonna brush it under the rug now do you know what I mean like I really hope they like go back and explore all of that I just felt like it was a rushed scenario in the story
0: yeah I wonder if they're gonna delve into it Deeper next season, we'll go into that when we talk about like fan theories and stuff. But I think Mm -hmm. a Will is probably going to be somewhat important next season. Oh, he has to be. If If you think about it, yeah, yeah, it started with Will, and it will end with Will. And
3: every season ends with Will. He always got has that you know grumbly neck or whatever
1: he's got going on. Yeah, Yeah. he definitely (laughs) has some connection. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what happens. With Will and Eleven, because and I remember that, like, is she good or bad? Yeah, she's saving her friends, but I don't know. Is she is superhero or
3: villain. And it, it is weird, because to me, it kind of seemed like they developed, like, a best friendship, Will and Eleven, since yeah. they, you know, went to California together. And it's clear that Eleven is looking to Joyce as a mother figure, because that was, like, a pseudo-adoption. Now Hopper and... Joyce are together you know so now like Will and Eleven are going to be like brother and sister ish almost yeah um so it
1: brings a whole weird dynamic yeah you know I was just going to talk about a meme I saw oh yeah of how Eleven has the, the same hair as her parents yeah yeah <laughs> in season <laughs> so four because she has either the shaved head or the bangs and the long hair like Joyce. she had very hardcore Winona Ryder vibes at the beginning of this season just want to say also that when she hits that girl with the roller skate it felt so good it was so hard it was
3: I I cringed (laughs) at that that was I I was (laughs) when she was going towards I'm like is this really gonna happen is this really gonna happen (laughs) yeah I don't know if that was necessary you know I'm not one for violence at all
1: I understand the meaning behind it. You well, know, I think it was, yeah. The, um, and then the, I think the it, gush of blood. I think we had to see her. They wanted us to think she was a violent person. Yeah. From mm-hmm. like the opening and, you know, what ultimately happened at the lab, the massacre. They want you to think it's her. So they're like, we got to show her being mean and yeah. violent. That's true. Yeah. So they're like, let's, <laughs> She's gonna just going felt- this girl to escape.
2: <laughs> It just felt really out of character. Like, I know that that was the the Mm. point is to be like, this character is violent, but she was never violent in that way. She was violent with her powers and violent to protect people. But she was never violent because yeah. someone
1: was being mean to her. And I felt like for like no reason. And I felt like they built this season to make you believe that she was. I mean, all of a sudden, she's just angry.
2: I, and I I get why she was angry. She should have been angry. But the proportion, the response to the thing that was happening was just like, it felt really out of character. So like, I mean, I like I watch other things that are violent, but just because it was out of character it felt that scene didn't make as much sense cuz i didn't like i didn't buy it but at least they dealt with it like in a realistic way that she got, the police came for i was going to say at least the <laughs>
0: cops did mm-hmm. come but i did, i actually I don't didn't expect that to happen i mm-hmm. thought you know they were just going to brush it under the rug but like then it segwayed into her getting you know back with Paul Riser's character and Dr. Owens yeah
3: yeah i will say the cops at the house that was Wow. I enjoyed that scene as well that like the scene shootout scene
1: was, that was so terrible. good I but just watched really that good.
0: it's so good it's so well shot and it was yeah. a one shot and it was is just crazy. it was just so it was kind of
3: funny at the same very time exciting. Yeah, yeah like these dopey cops they're like yeah order a pizza and then all yeah. of a sudden and
0: they're trying to escape
3: <laughs> yeah yeah it was Argyle that was a, pulls up and is like are those guns <laughs> that was a great scene and you know I'm seeing I've been seeing a lot of TikToks about how um Mike is like kind of mean to Argyle throughout like he's very dismissive of Argyle I should say you know he really shouldn't be because without Argyle we wouldn't have the um the dough refrigerator scene yeah. which you know basically brought everything together they wouldn't have found nina the location of nina without argyle they wouldn't have a car they wouldn't wouldn't be able to go anywhere Uh, (laughs) yeah exactly so i just i found that whole thing interesting and and again it's fun too that they brought in this extra character but I feel like all of that stuff like Jonathan should have been implementing, but it was just funny that they felt the need to bring in another character to do all that. Yes. But I think it works. I, I like I liked Argyle.
1: A I lot. love Argyle. And can we now talk about Eddie since he is also a new character? <laughs> <Yes. 'Cause No. laughs> I can't wait. Cause I want to talk about Eddie and I want to talk about Vecna.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out part two of Fandom Friday's Stranger Things.